Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. How are you doing today? If you're like me, you're enjoying this little bit of uh, spring weather we've had lately. Amen. And uh, no matter what time of year that uh, you're listening to this, thank God for another day. Amen. He is so faithful and so good. Amen. I've just uh, been praising God a lot this week. I've just been thinking of how awesome and merciful God is. Got my coffee here. Listen to how upscale I am today. It's a decaf, single origin, almond milk latte. (laughs) Watch out. Coffee snob is in the house. My wife got a milk foamer. She says she doesn't need her barista anymore. So I'm in trouble. But uh, I'll tell you what, this is good stuff right here. It's just so good to be here, to get into God's word. And uh, Genesis 3 is where we are as we move from weather and coffee to the to the meat of this episode. Amen. Genesis 3. And we're moving right along in Genesis 3. And, you know, there's a lot to be preached on Genesis 3, 1, 2, and 3, etc. But um, it's time to, I guess it's just time to move forward. Because I, I said, man, I really could probably bring a lot more like scriptural parallels, comparing scripture to scripture, a lot of these first three or four verses, but God knows it's time to move on. And so by the work of the Holy Spirit, we're going to do that here today. Let me read Genesis 3, starting at verse 1. Uh, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So Genesis 3 starts with that serpent there, that devil tempting Eve, and it's so sad that she falls into such a grave sin, and Adam falls into such a grave sin from that temptation. uh, Second verse here, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and yea, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And that's where we kind of left off here. And now verse eight, and they heard the voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And that's where we are. Genesis three, verse eight. And we're going to pick up with some notes because we see the Lord's voice come in. And we've been talking a lot about the voice of the Lord. Amen. And we see it come in here. We're going to pick up right where uh, we left off right after this break. Hang in there. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Okay, so we see the Lord's voice here. They heard what? They heard a voice of the Lord. 
And now I want you to think about this. This is a simple observation that really, I think, dives at the heart of Genesis 3 and all the Bible. The voice of the Lord convicts. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. They hid themselves. So we often hear the voice of the Lord in our life. And often we go and hide from God. Think about your first reaction to sin. Is it not to go hide from God? Not to hope that maybe all of God's word isn't quite true so that you don't face his wrath? I can think of a time. I'm thinking of a time when I was a young adult. So I was on my own. I was living alone. I was living in sin. Amen. And I had a guilt uh, that was hard to describe. And I had a depression that was hard to describe. That's interesting how those go hand in hand. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, living in this sin, falling into these sinful traps of life. Oh, I God, I hope it's, you know, I hope that, that you're not a God of justice, because if you are, I'm in big trouble here. You know, uh, let me just hide from him, like mentally, let me just not think of him. And often our sinful being is to just not think of God, right? Is to not think of God. And I'm going to give you a scripture here that the Lord has had me teach in a teen class that I've been teaching for young folks that's completely applicable to this scenario right here. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amidi, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So we see here that Jonah is given a command to go where? To Nineveh. To do what? To cry against, to preach out against the sin, for their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah being one of God's own, he heard the Lord. He was a Jew. He was to go to Nineveh to tell these people to stop sinning. And look at what we see in verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And so we see here in Jonah, Jonah 1, just the first three verses, a very true human reaction, just as Adam and Eve hid from God, right? Isn't that what it says there in Genesis? Genesis 3, verse 8, and they heard the voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. They hid themselves. Amen. So they heard the voice of the Lord and they hid themselves. Jonah hears the voice of the Lord and he hides himself where? In a ship. Okay. And he ends, God says, okay, you want to hide? I'll put you in the belly of a fish. All right. So God did that poetically. But what we see here is this reaction that was in the garden of Eden that is in Jonah's heart and mind as he's called to go do something for God. And it is in our hearts and our minds, in our flesh, to run from God, to seek the comfort of worldly living. I don't know anything about Tarshish, but other than it wasn't where God wanted him to go, right? I, I don't know anything about Moab, but Naomi and her family went there and they weren't supposed to supposed to stay in Bethlehem, but they were seeking comfort. You know, throughout the Bible, we see uh, Egypt, amen. There was a famine. God calls Abraham to go to Canaan land. There's a famine there. And what happens? He ends up in Egypt. He ends up lying about his wife, Sarah. 
<laughs> you know, oh, that's not my wife. <laughs> that's my sister. You know, and all kinds of things befall Pharaoh for marrying her because she was so beautiful or wanting to marry her. And Pharaoh says, why don't you just tell me? This is horrible. You know, this is awful. There's all these bad things happening. He said, I was scared for my life because he wasn't living as God wanted him to live. Jonah wasn't living as God wanted him to live. Adam and Eve weren't living as God had commanded them to live. And nothing has changed today. Nothing. We still have that same, I don't know how you call it, um, propulsion, instinct, desire, natural way to flee from God. And I, the study guide that I've been using, and I wish I could give the brother credit for, and I'll bring it up next time, but um, in the study guide, it mentions how Satan will always provide a way out. So like when Jonah was ready to run, oop, there was a ship, right? And when Adam and Eve were ready to hide, oop, there was a tree to hide behind, right? And so as we get faced with the temptation to disobey God, and we get faced with the feeling or the consequence of disobedience to God, and we just want to run, oftentimes Satan is more than happy to provide a method for us to run. Now, the way that we counteract that is by staying in God's word, right? That's how we overcome temptation, by knowing God's word so well we can quote it, by applying it to our heart, and by praying about everything. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. The idea is that if we're in a constant dialogue with God, by the prayer, we, we get saved with the Holy Spirit living within us. We pray by the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, the mediator, to God the Father. And if we are doing that constantly, praying in the Spirit through Christ to the Father, then we have a dialogue with God that when that temptation comes about, we can ask God. And guess what? I'm a preacher, amen. I'm, I've devoted my life to the Lord. And almost, I would say probably every day, I have to ask God, God, do you want me to do this? God, is this a temptation? Sometimes I just need to take a little extra time to make a decision because I'm not sure and I want God to reveal it to me because I know my nature is just like Jonah. It's just like Adam and Eve. It's just like mankind in general. It is to seek comfort. It is to run. It is not always to do what God calls us to do. And so we see here, it's important to be in prayer. Now, I can't say I'm living perfect. My wife can tell you I'm not living perfect, but I'll tell you what, I believe I'm living perfectly, as in I'm living as God called me to live. I believe that God made me and made you to seek him in prayer over every decision. Matter of fact, over every thought, the Bible says to bring every thought in subjection to Christ, to bring everything to him and let him work it out. And, and God is so beautiful. He is so merciful and so loving, and we'll get to that in the next episode, but just how loving God is and caring that he's not going to mislead us, that he's not going to mistreat us. He knows our form. He knows what we can handle. Amen? I love there's a verse in, in Peter, and I'm going to look it up and give it to you because I love this verse. Listen to this verse here. 1 Peter 5.10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Oh, I love that verse. I've called God on that verse. I said, God, you, you know, in your, in your word, it says, after we've suffered a while, you're going to make me perfect and establish me. You're going to strengthen me and you're going to settle me, especially when I feel very unsettled. Amen. I love that verse. And by the way, God always has. I mean, in, in, on my worst day, following the Lord. He is always, on the absolute worst, 
right? He is always, and there's, you know, there's tales and songs and so forth about that. And uh, there was a, the writer of it as well with my soul. It just dealt with great loss and the family and all this. And he wrote as well with my soul. And it's just true. No matter what happens, if God is with you, he will abide in this way and he'll give you grace and he'll give you mercy and he will establish you and strengthen you and settle you. And that's who God is. And so if we have that in mind, if we have that verse in mind, as 1 Peter 5.10 tells us, then we're not running from God, we're running to God. You see? We're not running from God, we're running to God. The Bible is a directionary book. It is saying, run to me, depend on me, trust me. And we as, again, natural fleshly creatures, what do we want to do? Run away from him. Trust ourselves in our heart. Live for ourselves, not relinquish control, right? Think about Adam and Eve getting into this scenario. How did they end up in this scenario? They wanted to be like God. They bought the lie that Satan told them that they could be like God. They wanted that one taboo thing they couldn't have, and they said, we're going to take it. We're going. You know what? God said this. The serpent said that. I don't know. I think I would trust Almighty God over a little serpent. But anyways... It was in their hearts, I think, you know, they wanted to do it, right? It's like a kid sees a, a bowl of ice cream and, and doesn't say anything, and they're looking at the ice cream. And then, you know, I say, oh, did your parents say you can't have that? Oh, your parents didn't mean that. And they run for the ice cream. You know, it was already in their heart, right? Adam and Eve, they already desired to sin. God allowed this to happen, I believe, for that reason. They fall into sin, and they run from God. And this lesson here in Genesis 3 is so powerful, Genesis 3, 8, we're to run to God. We're just to run to him. Don't hide from God because that's futile, by the way. I mean, for no other reason, just practically speaking, you can't, okay? There's nowhere that you could go that he's not there, amen? Uh, David wrote something in Psalms beautiful about that, King David. There's nowhere you can go in the ocean, he's there. You can go in heaven, he's there. You can go in hell, he's there. You can go anywhere, God's there. You can't hide from him. So number one, practically, it doesn't make sense. But spiritually, for our health, for our well-being, for our lives, we should seek God every day so that when that serpent comes with that temptation, we simply give it to God. Good, bad, whatever the answer is, we say, God, it's, it's yours. You take it, you do what you want with it. And he will help you and he will guide you. Surely he would have helped Adam and Eve. He would have delivered them if they had only sought him. Let us not make the same mistake. Let us seek him in all temptations. Next week, or next tomorrow, we'll get into the next uh, verse here. Thank you for listening. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.